Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will hey, Andrew. Hey, Edwin. I want to talk some more about Absalom. Okay. We're looking at Psalm 3, and yeah, we know that this yeah. is part of the discipline. In fact, let me go ahead and read this again, and then I want to talk some more about this discipline that David is experiencing. You cool yeah. with that today? Yeah, let's do that. So Psalm 3, the heading begins, A Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. O Lord, how many are my foes, many are rising against me, many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. We talked about this psalm yesterday, and we kind of started off with just getting that context because this heading tells us when David wrote it. It's while he was fleeing Absalom. And so it's possible that he wrote it later, and it's just memorializing that moment. But he is... The, the, the whole point of this is to be read as if it's in the midst sure. of this flight. Sure. Yeah. And yesterday, what we really brought out was that this, this flight from Absalom was actually David experiencing discipline. Mm-hmm. Back in 2 Samuel chapter 12, Nathan makes it very clear that you are going to have trouble come up out of your house. Right. Yeah. You, you are going to have that trouble. And very specifically, you stole someone's wife by night mm-hmm. in secret. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give your wives to your neighbor, and it actually ends up being his son, yeah. uh, in public. And so this is this is a part of that discipline. David is experiencing that discipline. He knows full well that he deserves every bit of what's going on here. He recognized that. When, when Nathan brings that story about the little ewe lamb and the neighbor and 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 all of that and then says to David you are the man David got it mm-hmm. in that moment his heart was broken he repented he confessed and of course he was told he was forgiven maybe we should talk a little bit about that because he's forgiven but he's still going through this discipline and I, and I do want to consider that a little bit but I guess as I'm listening to the psalm I'm just I'm just thinking about you said yesterday that we get ourselves in some real fixes <laughs> and I've been in real fixes. Sure. And I, I've been in times, and it's and it's been times when I knew full well, I'm in this mess, and it is all my fault. Yeah, all my fault. And in those moments, about the last thing I feel like I have any right, any even option to do, is pray for God to do something about it. So uh, I appreciate what you said a moment ago about him being told he's forgiven. Well, if he's forgiven, then why all of this? Yeah. Why Absalom? Why fleeing for our lives? Um, but uh, there, there's still going to be consequences for sin. And I think that uh, one of the things that it's good for us to get a handle on is that uh, by the grace of God, I might be forgiven and reconciled to God, have a right spiritual relationship with him. But that is not going to negate or remove 
uh, temporal consequences, immediate consequences of my actions, of my sins. I, I agree with that 100%. I, but I think what I see here is even a step further. It's not just, I, I know in the past, okay, help me, help me out with this. In the past, I've made a distinction between discipline and consequences. Mm-hmm. There's discipline and there's natural consequences. Mm-hmm. But when I see what Nathan says to David, this whole deal about someone in your house coming up, God, God is saying, I'm going to cause that. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen as a disciplinary measure. Okay. Um, and so for me, I think one of the things I'm learning is it's not just, hey, even though I'm forgiven, I sometimes suffer consequences. It's even though I'm forgiven, sometimes I suffer discipline. Okay. Sometimes there is going to be the discipline of the Lord. You know what? I think you're jumping ahead of me because I see you turn into Hebrews. I, I think maybe you're even thinking along the same lines I am. Are, are you Probably looking at the are. passage that talks yeah. about we suffer discipline as sons? I sure do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Hebrews 12, right? So it's here. I'll get in the microphone here and we'll hear a little better. Uh, <laughs> Hebrews uh, 12 and uh, verse, well, we'll start in verse 5, where the Hebrew writer quotes the scripture, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? So to your point, part of the love of a father is to chasten or discipline a son. Now, why I started to go to Hebrews was I thought, I know the passage that actually says he scourges Mm. every son whom he receives. And to my mind, when I look at all that David is experiencing and communicating in this psalm, this looks like a scourging to me. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. this is very difficult. What he did was awful, uh, but what he's going through right now is awful. Yeah, yeah. And he, he scourges every son he receives. So receiving the discipline of the Lord is not necessarily an indication. Well, it's not an indication that you've been abandoned or the Lord is now casting you off. No. In fact, it's an indication that he still sees you as his son he's, or mm-hmm. his daughter or his mm-hmm. child. He's, he sees. He hasn't given up on you. Yeah. So so here's this. He's been forgiven. And, and I think that tells us something else is that the discipline of the Lord is not just to get us to confess. Mm. It's not just to get us to repent. It's not just to get us to acknowledge. There's more to the discipline of the Lord than that. So I have to come to grips with the fact that when I sin, and I'm forgiven, I still will face some consequences. They're just consequences yeah. for that. I, I mean, I go out and get drunk and I slam into somebody and kill them. Right. I'm going to live with all the consequences that go on with that. And some of that's just natural consequences, which become disciplinary. I, I'm, you know, I know there's some overlap there. But sure. uh, I, I think what I'm also seeing is that there are things that God will do as discipline. That, that okay. he is pushing to happen, not just natural consequences. So how do you know when uh, this is the discipline of the Lord? Like, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about this idea of faith and having faith in the midst of the Lord's discipline. Um, I got to tell you, there's some real discernment here or an outlook, something to where I might look at all this situation if I'm a lesser man, if I'm in David's shoes and I'm a lesser man and think, yeah, actually, God has left me all alone out here, and and uh, you know, 
the evil is coming for me. So, so are you asking, how can I tell the difference between Lord's discipline, which is meant to draw me closer versus the Lord's discipline meant to drive me away? Uh, help me understand what your question is on this. Well, one. I guess really more the, the discernment of, uh, yeah, is this the discipline of a son? Is this the Lord's discipline? He does love me. He is working with me, but this is so hard right now. Well, I think one of the things I see here in David is that the distinction between what's the purpose of this discipline okay. actually almost comes out based on how I respond to it. Okay. So when it comes to discipline, I, I guess there are two kinds of discipline or when we think about discipline, because sometimes there's the punishment discipline that, Hey, I've given up on you. You're just, you're being punished now. You're just, you know, and I mean, it's just, we're a, throwing a you in jail. Down, we're, like yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah. The, yeah. the cup is full yeah, we're done. We're done here. You're being punished. You're being cast in prison. You will not get out of there till the last sin is paid. We're, yeah. we're done. Versus I'm drawing you closer. I'm growing you. I'm maturing you. This this discipline for David becomes the growing, maturing, changing father to son discipline because David acted towards the discipline as a son should. Okay. He allowed it to draw him closer. He could have allowed it to drive him away. Yeah. He could have allowed it to, to make him angry at God and bitter with God and decide to give up on God. And what the discipline would have done then is it would have pushed him away. It would have, it would have been that kind of ending, punishing, you've abandoned me. Now I'm going to leave you up to your abandonment. Well, to draw a contrast then, that first king of Israel, King Saul, Okay, he's waiting, I think it's 1 Samuel 13, it could be 14, but he's waiting for the prophet Samuel to come and do a sacrifice so that Saul would have all the people united, they know that God was on their side, and go out to war. Okay, they got to go, I think let's fight the Philistines. But um, where's Samuel? He's not coming, he's not coming. And then there's these rumors coming through to Saul, uh, the people are ready to leave you, or they're going to revolt, or something like this. So what does Saul do? He takes matters in his own hand. He offers up a sacrifice, and that's about when Samuel shows up. My point is this, that you've got a situation there where the king is worried that my people are going to turn on me. And instead of trusting in the Lord and waiting for the Lord, he he oversteps. I take matters in my own hands, usurps authority, whatever you want to say. He leaves God in that challenge. Here, the situation looks even worse for David. His own son is leading the army, running him out of town. This is full-on revolt and civil war, but he's trusting in God. He's going to wait and follow the leading of God. And because of that, and maybe the issue here is, is that I don't have to sit back and discern what is this? What is God's intention behind this? What what kind of discipline? I don't have to. It's not like I have to sit back and try to figure out. Well, is this a is this a good growing kind of discipline, or is this a punishment God's done with me kind of discipline? What I need to remember is God is my Father, and so whatever I'm facing, I need to turn to Him in the middle of it, which is what David does. Mm -hmm. Again, mm -hmm. I go back to what I said earlier, and that is when I'm in the midst of the mess that I have created, my own sins, and I know this is because of my own sins, and I've yeah. been there. Yeah. I mean, sure, I've been in messes that I feel like this is not my fault. Yeah. And so I can turn to God and say, hey, God, do something about this. But when I know it's my fault, when I know it's because of my sin, the very last thing I think when I'm in the middle of it is, you know, I'm going to pray to God for mercy and deliverance and ask him to do something about it because this is his discipline. Mm -hmm. But that's what David does. Yeah. He still turns to the Lord. He seeks the Lord's mercy. He seeks the Lord's deliverance. And so perhaps 
again, it's not, I have to exercise the discernment to know when I should behave the way David is behaving right now, but rather recognizing whatever mess I'm in, salvation belongs to the Lord. You know what? Maybe I do deserve this and maybe he's not going to save me. Isn't that kind of what David says when he's cursed by Shimei and they say, hey, let's kill him. And David says, no, no, maybe the Lord has told him to do that. Right. And let's behave with this responsibly and properly. Who knows what the Lord will do with it? I mean, David is almost like he's, as you see the account, there there doesn't seem to be this, oh, I know I'm going to come out on the other side of this still king. He doesn't seem to have that idea. It's He's really putting it in the Lord's hands. Yeah, he is humbled and he is broken by all these things. And he's allowing it to draw him closer to God and just deciding that whatever God decides to do with this in the end, I'll submit to it. Yeah. And so, but what I'm going to do, I know where salvation can come. I maybe not sure he's going to give it, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to turn to him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to continue my allegiance with him. Yeah. So you, you talked about prayer. So faith in the midst of the Lord's discipline means we're going to continue exercising faith, even in the midst of the Lord's discipline. And I see this here uh, in verse four, I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. And so David continues to pray to the Lord and turn to the Lord and beseech the Lord. Um, there was never this moment where he's ready to curse God and die mm-hmm. or just say, okay, we're done then here. Yeah, He's still going to cry out to God. I messed up. I know, I know that what I did the night with Bathsheba and what I did with Uriah was not living with you as Lord, but I know where salvation is. And in this moment, what I'm doing is I'm turning to you, Lord, and I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to continue. Even when I mess up, I'm going to come back to this. This is what I'm going to come back to. Yeah. Which. Uh, what I a great picture of resilience for us. Yeah, no you kidding. Know, and I wish it. I wish we had time. You, you brought up the sin of Saul. I think about how this parallels the sin of Ahab with Naboth's vineyard. Oh. And, you know, you've got some similarities. He gets rebuked by a prophet and he yeah. actually repents. But in the end, Ahab doesn't really let it draw him closer to God over the long haul. I mean, he has this moment of repentance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's not it doesn't change him as a person. The discipline that he experiences doesn't draw him closer to God in the bigger picture like this does for David. Wow. Wow. And so so with with Ahab, even though we see an instant of repentance and so God alleviates some of the punishment um, it, it doesn't grow him. You, yeah. you see, it's about how to. And so, again, you know, we come back to you. Maybe I don't have to sit here discerning what's going on in the moment. Probably what I need to do is just I'm going to maintain faith in God. That's where salvation is. Yeah. And exercise that faith. We appreciate so much you uh, joining us for the conversation today. Psalm 3. Hey, send us an email. Let us know what you think. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Subscribe. Tell someone about the podcast. Leave us a review. That would be great. Send us an email at text talk at christiansmeethere.org. But we'd love to just have a word of prayer with you. Evan, would you lead us? Almighty God, thank you so much for your discipline. And that's hard for me to say because I will admit that in, in my fleshly weakness, I don't like the discipline. I don't like the suffering. I don't like, uh, even even when I know full well I deserve the messes I get into, I don't like it. But, uh, but I want to thank you for that because I know your goal with it is for it to draw me closer to you, to draw Andrew, to draw everyone who experiences it closer to you. And I'm thankful for that. And I pray that you would give each of us the strength and the commitment to hang on to you no matter what we're facing and to turn to you rather than listening to Satan's advice that I deserve this and so why talk to God? Help me to talk to you and to bring it to you in prayer no matter what. I love you so much, Father. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.